Amen. You can have a seat. You know, this week we come to our Thanksgiving holiday, and for many of us, that's a time when we celebrate family, celebrate being together. You know, for our family, it's maybe the holiday we enjoy the most because there's not quite as much pressure, right? You don't have to buy gifts, and you don't have to, well, I hope I got the right thing. I hope I spent as much money on them as they spend on me. All those things that go along with Christmas. With Thanksgiving, you just, you get together and have a meal, but For many of us this year, if we're honest, if we're really candid about it all, we're a little disappointed because some families are just not getting together like they normally would, and so you're not going to see everyone, or somebody's not going to be coming into town who normally does because of all that's going on in our world, and so it's a little frustrating, and you're going to miss seeing some people. Maybe our online audience could even mention in the comments people that you aren't going to get to see that you really wish that you could. Or maybe there's somebody who makes a special dish that you're going to be missing out on this year, and that's even more important than seeing them, right? So you're going to miss uh, grandma's favorite cake or whatever it is she makes. So anyway, we're going to miss some stuff, and it feels a little strange, This year feels a little strange in so many different ways, and especially as we approach a holiday where where we just want things to be normal, and they're not. And so we're struggling a little bit. And, And we've been talking about being thankful in the midst of a time when maybe our gratitude is at a low ebb, and we don't really feel like being thankful. And in the series, we're trying to find ways to to develop that sense of thankfulness and gratitude to God. And we've talked about, okay, we can be thankful to God just because of who He is, of His nature. And we can be thankful because God's blessed us in lots of ways. We can be thankful because God has chosen to hear us and listen to us even when we're struggling with our faith. For all of those reasons, we can be thankful. We can be thankful for a God who is engaged in what's going on in our world. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a few minutes. But the point is, there are reasons to be thankful even in 2020, even when things feel so abnormal. Now, when we think about all that, I want us to take us in a slightly different direction today, still developing a sense of gratefulness in our lives, but also recognizing that maybe there's another question. Where do we go from here? Okay, I've developed thankfulness, but what's next? And, and, and seeing the sense that our thankfulness can lead to a deeper relationship with God. So there's a truth there I want to get at, and we'll get there in a few minutes, about how thankfulness helps us develop a deeper relationship with God. Now to get there, I want us to turn to a great psalm. It's Psalm 95. As you know, we've been parked in the psalms throughout this series, and And what we see is in the Psalms that God helps us develop a sense of thankfulness in so many ways. 150 Psalms, almost every one of them speaks to thankfulness in one way or another, helps us see something that we should be thankful for. And so today, Psalm 95 helps us see that again. Now, Psalm 95, I think, is filled with praise language. It's one of my favorite Psalms. And It's actually in in the devotions that I use, the book of devotions I use, I read Psalm 95 every Sunday and every Wednesday, so twice a week. And if I, you know, don't miss too many, that's like a hundred times a year I read this psalm and it's become important to me. And that's one of the reasons that I wanted to conclude this series with this psalm. Now, what it it comes to us in three basic sections. There's the first call to praise that's a little longer, a second call to praise that's pretty short, just a verse and a half, and then the third section 
is sort of God's response, God speaking to us in the midst of that praise. And, and each one of these is different and teaches us something important about thankfulness. So let's begin Psalm 95, verse 1. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. Now, let's stop right there. We'll continue in just a minute. But, but what we see are a couple of important things. As we've seen in some of the other Psalms, the word there in verse 1 for Lord is the personal name for God. Yahweh, it's the word that means I am, the great I am of the Old Testament. This is the God of Israel. But what we've learned through this series is He's not just the God of Israel, but he's the God of the universe, okay? the God of all people. And he's the rock of salvation. He provides for us salvation for the people of Israel and freeing them from slavery and then from bondage, but also for us in Jesus. All right, let's continue. Verse 3. For Yahweh is the great God, the great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. And the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands form the dry land. So we're called to thanksgiving in verse 2, but then in verses 3 through 5, we're given a reason. And the reason is, God is creator. And so four things are mentioned. The depths of the earth, the mountain peaks, the seas, and the dry land, all made by God. In other words, if you look around the earth, everything that you see is God's. Everything is made by God. And for the people of Israel, that set their God as the great God, the great king above all gods. So God stands above all these other gods. Now, it's not so much that they believed in the existence of other gods, but that the people around them made claims about their gods. And remember that each people would have a god. Each town would have a local patron god. Each household would have their own god. So there's this multitude of gods that every person was called to worship. And what Israel is saying here is that Yahweh, I am, stands above all of that because he actually made all that is. And so the people of Israel were called in this first call to worship, these first five verses, to worship God, to give thanks to God because He is Creator. Okay, And then we take that a step further as we come to verse 6. Come, let us bow down in worship. And remember, these people did actually kneel. Let us kneel before Yahweh, our Maker. And so they would kneel in worship. That's a little foreign to us because we don't do it. Try sometime. Come before God and actually kneel down before Him. It's an act of humility saying who God is. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before Yahweh our Maker, for He is our God. And we are the people of His pasture, the flock under His care. Okay, that first call to praise says, Worship God because God is creator of everything that you see. But then this second call to praise says, let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. It's not just that God made everything out there. It's that God made us. God planned for us. God formed us. God made humanity. And not only that, 
God created us. God brought us into being. But because He's Creator, He also cares for us. It says that we are the people of His pasture, the flock under His care. The image there, of course, is a shepherd. And a shepherd always cares for his sheep. And as we said last week, it's not a God who stands off in the distance sort of overlooking the whole universe and says, wow, that's interesting. This is a God who, like a shepherd, stands in the midst of his people, caring for them daily. This is a God who is active and engaged among his people. And because of that, God deserves thanksgiving. He's a God that we can depend on, a God who is active among us, watching over us, caring for us. That's the God that we worship. He made us, and because He made us, He loves us. So two calls to worship. Both as God as Creator. God created everything around us. God created us. God cares for us. Now here's where the psalm gets interesting, because... This psalm says all that in really, to me, powerful and beautiful language. But lots of psalms say what this psalm says in those first six and a half verses. Okay, It's not uncommon. You'll find it in many psalms. But here's where it changes. And what's interesting to me is in those devotions that I read every week, Monday or Sunday and Wednesday, including Psalm 95, this is where it cuts off. And I don't read the rest of the psalm. And I think once you hear it, you'll see why it's not included in those devotions. Pick up in the middle of verse 7. Today, if you would only hear his, God, Yahweh's voice, and then God speaks. Verse 8. Do not harden your hearts as you did at Meribah, as you did that day at Massa in the wilderness. Now, let's hold on there. What are we talking about here? What's God talking to his people about? He's referring back, okay? He's referring back to a time when Moses was leading the people. And you probably know this story. The people of Israel are in slavery in Egypt under Pharaoh's thumb. They're doing for him whatever he wanted. The builders, whatever it took, they were the servants, all right? And so Moses, through the ten plagues, and finally there's back and forth, and Pharaoh allows them to leave Egypt. And Moses leads the people out at Passover, And they are headed for the land of promise, the land that God had promised them, Canaan, what became Israel. He leads them out, and then they find themselves in the middle of the desert, and they get thirsty. And they say to Moses, Moses, why did you lead us out of slavery? Why did you lead us out here in the middle of the desert? Now we don't have any water to drink. We would have been better if we had stayed in Egypt and stayed slaves. Now what was it that these people wanted more than anything? What did they pray for decades for? Freedom from slavery. And when they finally got it, they just complained. Because they were thirsty. And so God instructed Moses to strike the rock, and water flowed from the rock. And God called this place Meribah and Massa, which mean quarreling and testing. And it's not that God was testing them, it's that they were testing God and quarreling with Him. God says, remember that. 
Don't be like your ancestors who that day were so ungrateful. Verse 9, where your ancestors tested me. They tried me, though they had seen what I did. Though they knew that I led them out of slavery, still they tested me. Verse 10, for 40 years I was angry with that generation. I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray, and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And that generation did not go into the promised land. God was so angry at their ingratitude at their refusal to trust him to supply their needs, that he refused to allow them to go into the land of promise. God says, don't be like that. So we have this contrast. Call to worship, God created everything. Call to worship, God created us and cares for us. Warning. Don't be like the people who refuse to trust God. How do these fit together? And why in the world would this psalmist who has such a great start in this psalm praising God turn it on its head and suddenly God's warning the people, don't be like your ancestors? Because there's an important message there. And I think there's a message there for us today, and it's just as clear today as it was to them. If they had maintained their sense of thankfulness, they could have trusted God. We might say it this way. Our thanksgiving leads us to trust. For five weeks, we've been talking about, talking about developing a sense of thankfulness to God, developing our gratefulness to God. And that's an important thing on its own. But what we also need to acknowledge is that it leads us to a greater sense of spiritual maturity because our thankfulness leads us to trust. The way it works is, okay, if I look back and see that God has done some pretty powerful things, God has taken care of me and my family, led me in ways that man, I didn't expect, dealt with issues that I couldn't deal with on my own. That's why we've talked about the importance of keeping lists and noting what God has done. Okay, When we see that, our thanksgiving leads us to trust God. You see, the message is that we need to do just what the psalmist said. Today, if you would only hear his voice. And remember that at times we can be just like the people of Israel. We get thirsty, don't we? God does something powerful for us. Maybe we've been asking for it for years. He finally grants that. We get it and we say, well, God, this is not what I was expecting, right? This isn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. We get thirsty. And we wonder where the water's going to come from. We wonder where we're going to get the rent money. We wonder if we're ever going to get well. We wonder if our marriage is going to be healed, if our kids are ever going to go in a direction that's healthy. We wonder if the job's going to get better, the financial crisis will get better. We wonder where the water's going to come from. Our thanksgiving leads us to trust. And so if we're worried about all this stuff, the place to start is not just in overcoming the worry. The place to start is in thanksgiving. As a way of life, not just a day on a calendar, but trusting that God is present. You know, this year's been tough. I mean, we've been challenged in ways probably in your family, on the job, and and things that we would never have expected. 
And we're hoping 2021, surely it'll be better. I hope it is. We don't know what to expect. But what we do know is that God has been there every step of the way. And he will be there every step of the way. He is right there beside us. He's not a God who stands off in the distance. He's a God who's with us. And if we're thankful for that God, it can lead us to trust him more completely. Let's pray together. We are very thankful. It's easy for us to get distracted by struggle and difficulty and challenge. But we're thankful for your presence among us today. Thankful that we had the opportunity to worship this morning. Thankful for the church. Thankful for Jesus. So God, we come before you with our thanksgiving, asking that you will develop within us a deeper sense of trust. Because we want to put our trust in you above all else. Pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together and we'll continue to worship.